Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. I'm your host, Catherine Plano. I am a creative soul adventurer, a modern day alchemist, and a transformational coach for entrepreneurs, businesses, leaders, and for those who want to break the cycle of convention and redefine success one step at a time. I am on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, understand and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Every week we have thought leaders, change instigators and inspirational human beings from around the globe that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, positive, cognitive and spiritual psychology to help you build wealth, health, love and achieve lasting transformation. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life and your business. This week, I am super excited about our guest. We have the lovely Fiona Triaka. Fiona is the founder and CEO of Naked Ambition a design-led innovation company. Naked Ambition work with some of Australia's most forward-thinking companies to develop new products, services and business models to drive their organisation into the future. The Naked Ambition team is made up of some of Australia's most talent innovation strategists, service designers, experienced designers and visual storytellers. They work in collaboration with customers through the design thinking process to ensure that changes are not just cosmetic, but rather a foundation from which the company can grow. Fiona is also the host of the Naked Innovation podcast, where she speaks with intrapreneurs exploring what works and what doesn't when it comes to enterprise innovation. Her cross-industry experience in London's financial markets, corporate strategy and creative industries has armed her with a holistic tool set that supports her clients to make the change they want to see in their companies. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. Well, today we have one of our own from Melbourne. We have Fiona Triaka. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Thank you so much for having me, Catherine. It's so exciting to be here. It is very exciting to have you on the show. <laughs> and as I explained before, we don't have anyone or oh, very rare. I don't even know. I think we've had one in three years from Melbourne. So this is wow. awesome. I feel like you're yes. sitting right next to me. <laughs> I did look at your amazing guest list and I was thinking, wow, there's such an incredible um, global, uh, so much diversity in there actually, women doing incredible things from all over the world. So no, it's cool. It's cool to be talking to a local as well. Absolutely. So the way that we love to start the show, as always, we love to ask our woman of inspiration to share her unique story. So Fiona, tell us, how did you get to what you do today? Ah, well, um, so what I'm doing currently, I'm uh, the CEO uh, at Naked Ambition, so we do design-led innovation, um, and it was a bit of a wild ride, to be honest, to get here, Catherine. It wasn't um, we. what we do day-to-day is definitely not what I think I ever imagined I would end up doing. I um, It's probably a series of kind of falling into Um, or taking up different experiences really along the way. The journey here, one of the most pivotal moments um, started way back when I was working over in London, uh, working for one of their bigger investment banks. Um, And I, that was a career I'd actually found myself in rather by accident. I had um, trained as a screenwriter and uh, was working in TV production over in London in the early days for a couple of years. Um, had an amazing career doing that, um, but unfortunately uh, was kind of enjoying too much of the London scene and partying, partying pretty hard and ended up um, getting moved on from that position and really just needed a role quite quickly and found myself working um, in London's investment banks, working um, initially as a uh, an assistant within a team, um, which I really loved and pretty quickly decided that this is actually something that I really wanted to do. So I saw these 
um, traders working on the trading floor. It was all sort of pre-global financial crisis um, and it was a little bit like, you know, Wolf of Wall Street kind of crazy days of amazing parties and, um, uh, you know, a lot of fun to be had but people working really hard as well and I thought it all looked quite exciting and decided that's what I wanted to do. So I retrained um, and ended up um, becoming a uh, what's called essentially uh, um, working on something called the syndicate desk. Our job was to raise uh, capital for early stage companies and take them to market. So I was getting some really incredible exposure and experience to these exciting companies that were um, really innovative and doing really amazing things and uh, working with a team who also was really driven and really also within the constraints of an organisation that wasn't a lot of those things. Um, people who have been through that kind of corporate roller coaster know that those sorts of organisations are quite hierarchical. Um, and even though it was an amazing place to work, it was also quite challenging in the sense that you definitely had to be at a certain level um, in order to, to be heard or to be able to share your thinking or new ideas and new ways of doing things. So I sort of saw myself and some other colleagues not necessarily um, being able to, you know, not, not in some ways I'd probably these days, knowing what I know now, would call it that's, that level of psychological safety just wasn't there to be able to, to speak up and submit um, ideas. And on the other hand, it was also, um, uh, yeah, a, a, um, about actually having the tools and knowing what you could do, what tools you could actually use to drive change. We didn't have any of those things. So I, on one trip home after living over there for about seven years, I had a conversation with um, uh, the woman who eventually became my co-founder who was going through some similar challenges with an, another big organisation here in Australia and we thought, you know, what if we could create an organisation that gave people the skills and tools um, to do work that they really loved, to do work that would allow them to have an impact that could change these big, huge organisations from within and also, you know, within the backdrop of that, we had had that huge financial crisis and um, a lot of people with a lot of heart and creativity and other really positive things were fleeing those kinds of organisations in droves. So they had a bit of a brand problem and, and some other challenges. So we thought um, rather naively, you know, what could we do to, to kind of change um, what was going on in some of these big organisations, even if it was just in a small corner. So um, that initial mission is still, even though we're a very different company today, um, it's still what drives us day to day, which is about giving people the ability to create that change from within. Um, and now it's more about actually being able to help them design the products and services that will also um, make their organisations and, at the end of the day, actually the world uh, a better place. So mm. that's kind of how we arrived where we are today. Now that's going to lead into my next question because we do have a lot of entrepreneurs and uh, women and men in business listening to this show. So what exactly do you do at Naked? So we uh, partner with... Uh, usually large corporates or mid to large corporates who are having challenges um, either, you know, they believe that, well, they know that they need to innovate, they know that they need to grow, they may need to um, explore new markets or there may be, you know, other challenges that are entering their industry um, and they kind of know what they need to do but they don't really know how to go about it or they may have been in a situation where they've, you know, tried um to make some of that change, but they haven't been as successful. So we partner with these organisations to, to help them build out um, an innovation strategy or a growth strategy or whatever you want to call it um, to, to create that kind of change. And then we help them execute on that. So we help them design products and services. The team's made up of um, all those great buzzy words, but the user experience designers and service designers and experience designers essentially um, people who are on the tools working side by side with individuals in these companies to help them um, develop some of those and test and prototype some of those new products and services so they can decide what, what their customers might want. Um, and then at the same time, we also um, 
help them train their people to do what we do. So with every engagement, it's always about some kind of knowledge transfer and leaving some of that behind. Um, or in some cases, it's really just about bringing our tools of the trade and teaching teams to try and do this work or to be able to do this work themselves. Because as you know, Catherine, I hear you speak about as well, that things are changing at the speed of light. Um, the organisations that we have um, in some cases are not as ready as they really want to be and the people that are working within them in a lot of cases we definitely find and believe do have the answer. So it's kind of how do you actually unlock that ability within the people inside your organisation so when they see that opportunity they know how to act on it and mm. they feel like they have the right environment. Sometimes it's about the system, sometimes it's the process, sometimes it's that, you know, the um, scaffolding that sits around it but most of the battle is that um, setting up that actual space for them to do it, the time space and the um, the cultural space so they feel like they can. And I think, look, I think that sometimes it takes somebody externally uh, with a different set of eyes to actually work through a culture because sometimes they're so deeply ingrained in that culture that it could be as simple as, yes, they have the knowledge, but they mm. need someone to help them facilitate what that may look like for them moving forward. Definitely, yeah, mm. absolutely. And we see that time and time again. I think the, the level of awareness in most companies is actually a lot of companies we talk to are really hard on themselves, like something that we believe and I, you know, working in really big organisations, I love them. You know, they're beautiful beasts in so many ways and, you know, have been so successful. Like we aren't about, you know, your culture is wrong or this isn't, you know, it's broken and it needs to be fixed. That's never kind of... It's not something that I, unless, you know, you are really seeing that and I'm just, there are cases sometimes where there, things are fundamentally wrong. Um, but in a lot of cases, I think there's, it, it sometimes doesn't take as much as people think to create that kind of, that shift, which, you know, so it can be small things that can have a really big impact, I think. That's right. Mm. And, you know, and I, I think what you, when you're talking about that too, it's that um, um, sort of like, uh, soft touch, high impact, uh, you know, but once again, it's, it's, it doesn't have to be so, uh, such a big thing. And, and a lot of the mm. times it is just those small things that makes those, those big impacts. But I'm, I'm yeah. curious, like let's, let's maybe, uh, walk through, uh, I don't know if you have any case studies or anything like that, but just to give <laughs> us a little bit more, um, light into the process, um, are you happy to share a case study or, or sure. talk us through what that would look like? Because I know there's, for, for those people that are listening right now, they're probably like, well, I, I need a bit more insight. I'm, I'm curious. So that's yeah. why I'm asking the question as well. Absolutely. Um, so I'll give you an example uh, of one of our partners who are grappling with probably one of the biggest challenges that I think is out there at the moment, and that is, you know, what what is going to happen to their, their for example, their within um, energy, specifically this area in oil and gas, and what's going to happen in a kind of post-fossil fuel world. So, you know, if people are all using electric vehicles in a number of years, you know, what is their, um, you know, who is their customer, what are they selling, and how do they actually continue to exist and, you know, will stay relevant for one but actually exist is the other sort of side of it. So sometimes when we work with, um, and ideally when we work with, our partners, it's big, meaty challenges like this. Mm. So this is what is the future of X, Y, Z, you know, and specifically in this, like what is the future of um, this department when that happens and who will we then become? So usually when we understand a bit more about, okay, that's the challenge that we're looking at, it's trying then to understand, okay, so who is the, the existing customer base? What do you know about them? And then are there any gaps? So if there are any gaps, then our team then can intervene and do, um, you know, actual customer research where we go out and we do in-depth interviews and we talk to customers and we're trying to understand things that are beyond your basic kind of, you know, um, uh, quantitative 
research, for example, so just sending out surveys and just getting the kind of same answer. So that might give us the kind of what is going on, maybe what, what people's behaviour is like, but we're trying to find the why. So what really matters to these people now, you know, may matter more to them in the future. So how do we actually increase our understanding of that? We would start. So in this instance, this group wanted to look at their relevance around specifically a, a small business segment. So how could they stay relevant, again, when people are not necessarily buying petrol within a small business segment? So we wanted to understand as much about this group as possible so we can go out and carry out some research, which then reveals some interesting insights around how these people are, the transport that they're using, the way that they're living and the interactions that they're having with this particular company in their day-to-day -day life. Um, we try to work where we can in, in quite a rapid way as well. So we try to help companies get to things, get to some, some kind of um, possibility as quickly as possible. So in this case, um, we used a technique that's quietly well known now. It's started at Google about 10 years ago, but called a, a design sprint. And it's where a team of people then, based on the research and the questions that we've got around that, you know, who are we going to be in a few years, we get a bunch of smart people together from across the organisation that would be subject matter experts in this area, um, people who are going to challenge, people who might be involved in implementation and people from different departments. And we put them through a process over a period of a week to ask those questions more deeply, come up with some potential solutions, and then we will prototype some of those potential solutions and then put them in front of customers to test them really quickly. So that's sort of a little bit of, that's one of the methods that you can use if you want to get something from, okay, here's a problem that we've been grappling with for a long time and no one in the business has really done anything about it, to, okay, here might be, this may be something that we can actually validate quite quickly um, with a group of real people who actually might be using this thing. So in this particular case with this particular customer, we went through uh, a number of these sprints. So you do the sprint to answer the first question, build the first prototype, learn from that, potentially do a bit of research. In this case, a small amount of research was done in between to validate some of what we learned the first time. And then the second time we go out and we build something that's a little bit more real, a little bit more focused. Um, and in this case, without kind of giving away too much, they essentially came up with um, another offer that was around um, the way that these small business owners interpret and use data. So small business owners are getting an enormous amount of data thrown at them, everyone is, every mm. single day, but they're trying to use, and some of your listeners may be the same, it's like how do I make decisions based on what I'm seeing? I don't have, I have to do the doing in my business still. I don't have anyone who can sit there and this is particularly true in transport companies, they don't have anyone who can necessarily sit there and go through all of this data that they're getting about how people are, you know, their staff are spending and things that are going on. So mm. a lot of platforms out there at the moment that are catering to small businesses but not a lot in a way that brings it all together and gives them um, more of a signal rather than noise. Mm. So this is what really came out. Um, of this and then became something that that then um, may be something that they can then as an organisation um, actually look over the next couple of years, explore how they might be able to use some of these techniques to actually use some of, use this concept um, with a group of customers um, and potentially pilot that in the next sort of 12 to 18 months. Mm. So they're sort of... The, so essentially, like to summarise, like deeply understanding really what those customer needs are rather than just assuming that we as an organisation know or that, you know, whatever quantitative data we've got is giving us the full picture. So it's going deep on one hand, then it's trying to get to a potential solution quite quickly and then it's either, you know, validating or invalidating that solution again with that loop back to what the customer really wants um, as fast as you can so that you can keep learning through that process and, and um, move at the speed that you need to in order to, to stay ahead really. Mm. And it's so true, like you were saying, there's so much data out there. It's what do you do with it? And there's so many yeah. organisations that do. They have the voice of the customer, voice of their team. But what are they actually slowing down enough to actually look at why 
is this having an impact on our business or why are we, you know, is this our sort of, we've been benchmarked against, you know, blah, 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 whatever that may be. So um, yeah. now I understand. So you look at what the landscape looks like, then you look at the why and how then to stay yeah. relevant. So I love those. That gives me a better insight and I'm sure for our listeners as well. So thank you for explaining that. Yeah, so how definitely. has that changed your ways of working? I mean, that would have been, because uh, you're you're a very successful business, how or let me let me sort of rephrase that question. Mm-hmm. How has that changed the way that you work within your business? Yes. Well, we use um, these techniques on ourselves, of course, we would have to. <laughs> um, so we are, are using that exact process that I just mentioned on mm-hmm. something that we're trying to develop at the moment. So, um, there's, I guess, to, uh, to answer it at even a higher level, we try to apply that mindset of thinking about what the customer wants and asking better questions across the whole business. So some of that really understanding what's going on can begin even from the beginning of an engagement, you know, trying to understand what the real problem is rather than just, um, you know, coming up with solutions and then just trying to sell those for example so as that's how we work as an agency is deeply understanding really what they need and where they sit as a company and what some of those opportunities are sometimes identifying them so we try to do that we try to challenge ourselves to do that um the other part of it that's that's kind of ways of working the other part that i think is probably more relevant are even the mindsets that this work requires and how we try to apply them with what we do Um, and one of the mindsets of this work is having an experimentation mindset so just treating pretty much everything within reason (laughs) as an experiment so you know if someone has a suggestion about how we should be running the Monday morning meeting then it's like okay that sounds like an improvement if a couple of people are into it it's like let's do that let's change it up, that's an experiment, let's look at it straight after and what worked, what didn't, and then iterate every single time. So always trying to improve everything as small as, you know, how the team comes together and how we work together um, right up to the sorts of products that we also create or are building internally that then will become things that we can offer to clients as well. So treating everything that we build um, as an experiment as well and running kind of rapid tests before we release anything. So it's just an overall way of working. I love that. I just got a picture of all of you in a lab. It's it's experiments, (laughs) right, with these white lab coats. I love that. And it's yeah. true. You do. You've got to try things out. I always say, let's give it a go. Let's fail. Let's fail fast. And what did we learn from it? And what can we do differently next time? Yeah, absolutely. And one mm. of, I mean, even one of the values that we have is get perfect in public. So show things to people before they're ready. Um, and I think that can be really challenging. And we always have to even remind each other to do that. But, you know, if you're writing a piece of copy, if you're writing something that's around a product description, if you're creating something, like rather than, it doesn't mean doing, you know, doing half the job and then palming it off to somebody else to finish it off for you or just doing something that isn't up to standard. But you know, it rather than trying to reach perfection with any form of first draft, just getting to something that that is good enough, and then trying to seek input, you know, of some with somebody else in the team that may have something to contribute. You know, if there's somebody that, um, and I even our, you know, um, Lou who does our marketing tries to live by this as well of just you know, putting even anything that might go on Instagram sometimes in front of somebody who is sort of close to it and just give me a bit more of a perspective or running things by. So that's just more of a kind of cultural everybody get involved and, um, yeah, don't be too, don't, I guess, uh, hold on, hold on to your work and be afraid to show people before it's necessarily ready. What a great culture. I mean, that's what you want. You want people to to trial things out and, and experiment. And it, it shows the, the level of adaptability within your organisation, which is awesome. It's I think there's mm. something that um, is lacking. Yeah, and it's not perfect as well. Like we have to, you know, we're still a fairly small business, you know, in the scheme of things and I guess where we want to go as well. So we still have, you know, there are moments where it's like, 
we sh- we should be standing up on the walls and we should be far more visual with this, but we're all sitting around, you know, doing this on our laptops. And it's like we're not role modelling, you know, how we are encouraging people to work. And that absolutely happens, you know, when you're under the pump and you're just mm. trying to get stuff out and you're doing it, you're like we are slipping back into the habits of really the old ways of working and what we are genuinely in there to change. So that as well is part of that kind of constant course correction that we we try to do with each other. It's like, okay, you know, close your laptops, get out of here. We've got to get in a room, you know, sketch this out. What could it look like? What could it be? All of those sorts of things. And even and I think space plays a bit of a role in that as well, you know, get into a different space to think differently, um, you know, like I said, move around, get another perspective, call a customer, all of those things. So even though we know we should, I'm not saying at all, Catherine, we're perfect. We have to we have to keep on trying. Yeah, there's no such thing as yeah. perfect in my eyes. And no. I think that just the le- the level of self-awareness right there to course correct is is all you can do. You know, sometimes we do – I always say we, sometimes you take a couple of steps back, we go in, into our old ways of working because it's that uh, – our unconscious default and until yeah. we start, you know, moving in the right direction. But that takes – you've got to keep repeating it and repeating it until it becomes a habit. And so, um, you know, for me it's it's a great level of awareness. So, so Fiona, true. I'm curious, what's been your mm. greatest lessons learnt thus far in business? Oh, my gosh. Um, greatest lessons? So many. Um, one, I think don't, don't stop trusting just because you get burned would be a really key mm. one. Um, I think whether that relates to you know, engagements with client partners that maybe didn't go as well as you'd hoped or, you know, disappointments in that kind of realm right down to um, I had a co-founder earlier in the business. We're great friends now. It's all absolutely good, but we had a bit of a painful, um, you know, separation (laughs) Um, and that sometimes, you know, can make you be quite guarded about who you let in and um, that has been a really big lesson to sort of just find your way to bounce back as quickly as you can and get help in doing that. Um, mm. But don't stop trusting other people um, to then come in and be able to to play that role. It took me a long time to get back to that and um, and it's only been quite recently and I'm really glad that I have because I've really missed that, you know, having others um at that leadership level with you that you can bounce off and that you can grow together because I think one of the other really big lessons is I think and be, would resonate with your your um, tribe as well that you can't, as a founder, you just can't have that limitless energy. Like you cannot. It's impossible to mm. have it so constant um, and I like my nature which I'm really trying to challenge as well is a bit of a like boom 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 near burnout you know pull back boom 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 that sort of and not really seeing the signs of when you're pushing things too far um so having that that one would be you know even if you get burned bounce back and and trust and trust again and go into things genuinely with an open heart like go into every engagement thinking this is going to be the best one every person that you bring into the business is going to be you know, the new greatest person that you've worked with and just keep that trust Mm. really open because if you don't, the loneliness um, of the role can be utterly overwhelming. So true and it just... Mm. As you were explaining, I was like, God, that's unlike me, Fiona, the way you were saying it. But I'm like, that. I'm going, keep going, keep going, burn out, boom. But um, yeah. I've also learnt to to trust. And it's interesting, I was just having this conversation today, that when we come from a place of the heart, not the mind, mm. we we show up so differently. Yes. So when we're going in there with the mind, is this going to work? Can I trust this person? Yeah. Is, what's, you know, whatever that, those stories you have in your mind, we yeah. have a different outcome. So when you kind of like drop into your heart and go, I'm going in there with my heart, yes. don't label it as trust or not trust, but just from a place of the heart, 
Yeah. Um, conversations are different. The outcomes are different. So true. Mm, I love that. And it's like, and that heart place, Catherine, as well, is like, that's why you're doing the work. That's right. You know, and it's like, that is that you're saying dropping down to, and that is even something like I do myself, like before going in, um, I'm still like the kind of BD engine of the business. So spending a lot of time speaking to clients about, you know, possible solutions and things that we can do and just even reminding yourself before you go into those conversations mm. that, you know, why you're doing this. You're not doing yeah. this, you know. You can have your targets and you can have all of your business. You need to have that. I absolutely believe in the numbers and keeping yourself and everybody else accountable but reminding yourself before you do those really important meetings of like what you believe what this work can deliver and you've mm-hmm. seen it. And you know, and it's necessary and beyond necessary, essential. We mm. we all need this. Um, so coming from that place, completely agree that kind of, the yeah, your heart and why it really matters. And that's a good call out. It starts right from every conversation, right from that very first conversation with your client because you're actually also by, where's my energy right now? And as soon as you mm. identify, well, it's not in my heart. And as soon as you drop into your heart, you'd definitely be more present in the conversation yes absolutely yeah. yeah and and I think just better like better solutions and solutions that you, you come up with together completely rather than you're just thinking what you've already got that might feel that need mm. yeah um yeah so that's one I would say oh sorry no you keep yeah. going keep going <laughs> Um, the other one that I think is, a, is an enormous one and has been a big one over the last 18 months as well is really getting help from outside. So getting, having different coaches for different needs. Um, I'm sure you're a big believer in that mm-hmm. as well, but really having one, um, having someone that you're accountable to, if not a little bit afraid of, has been really powerful for me. Yeah, like okay. one particular, well, one particular advisor, not in a not in a serious way afraid of, but one particular advisor that is just so, um, you know, straight down line on the ball, can see everything before it's there, and and really has done it. So I kind of a couple of years ago was like, I really want an advisor who has grown a business to this level that's really similar, and sort of put that out there as. Um, a bit of a request to the universe and then it appeared within three months you know in the shape of one of the people that is currently on our like this little advisory board that we've got um, and he grew a business to sort of 100 people it's a very similar kind of agency um, and exited that and and has just been an absolute game changer of you know rather than even to the point where sometimes I have kind of conversations in my head and don't even need to necessarily make the call because you know probably what they will say when you ask a certain question as well (laughs) and knowing exactly what, you know, we make decisions about the strategy every quarter and then set those things and then move on, Um, you know, and then it's just the decisions made I can move on rather than that constant second-guessing, questioning about is this the right move, if then, then what, what, why, blah, 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 that can become this kind of circle of paralysis and, um for me that's just just about cured that not to say like I don't sometimes have doubt that it's the right decision but there's enough enough I, I know there's enough data to make the decision I've made that together with you know this advisor in particular but some others as well then it's just it's done whatever happens happens it's you know move on mm. so that getting external help um that you really respect and from someone I believe that has tread that path before. So finding someone who's been where you are going um, has been, yeah, I can't. That's probably my biggest lesson I would say over the last couple of years. And I think that's, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I wouldn't, I would dare work with somebody that hasn't actually gone through it and experienced it themselves, which is, mm. I think, one of those things that you you hear quite often, or I hear quite often from either business owners and entrepreneurs that I work with is they they go uh, and get themselves a, like a business coach, for example, mm. who have who hasn't actually had the experience themselves. So, mm. and they wonder why they're not getting the results that they want out of um, out of their coaching s- sessions. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And there's people there's people for different needs as well. You of know, course. there can be people, yeah, who are amazing business coaches and might not have done that exact 
kind of thing, but they can be an incredible sounding board around your people or those sorts of things as well. And like, I think it's like, yeah, different needs um, to serve, but be very clear about the sorts of questions that you take to each of those people. And they don't think they need to be like an official board of advisors either. It could, you know, can just be that kind of circle of trusted people, whether you're paying them or not. Um, that you would go for a, for specific advice. Yeah, mm. that yeah. was going to be my next question. For those, um, is that some a recommendation to have an advisory board? Where are you you meeting with these um, uh, advisory board on a quarterly basis, or yes. are these yeah. kind of like people you've got on the side bench where you can reach out with either support or mentor you through scenarios? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so. Um, and three quite specific needs, one from a financial, one from more of growth, um, you know, the sort of staffing questions, um, and another one that's more around the kind of the technical level of like where should we be pushing the business, how do we keep what we're doing relevant. This particular individual ran an innovation function um, for like one of the world's biggest companies in San Francisco and so she's like cutting edge of everything that, you know, is happening and should be happening and these sorts of things as well. So it's like if I, you know, if, you, if you're getting a little bit too safe, you know, she's the person to talk to to keep really things pushing and then on the financials it's like, okay, you might want to do that but you can't afford to do that right now. So... That kind of so it's a nice balance as mm. well of that level of caution with risk taking with you know the actual operational okay we might want to get there but what do we need to do and move and be in the business in order to to get to where you want to go so they meet quarterly um, and we cover the basics of how the business is performing and what's happening and people moves and um, ideas sometimes and then usually just let them know like what do we really want to cover and dig into in that time and depends what's been happening and what's the most pressing and we'll spend the most amount of time on that and they'll kind of talk to each of their corners but they'll also chip in, you know, around other advice that they've got and then I take it away, act on it, come back and then report back in as well. And it just created that kind of sense of urgency, you know, this is what we said we were going to do um, and that's kind of my type is that activator personality so I like that, you know, I usually can't sleep a couple of days before the board meeting at the thought of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> how are you going to get into, you know, like, okay, if this hasn't happened, then that hasn't. And, again, like a lot of that's that's not the pressure that they're putting on. A lot of that's kind of self-imposed and your own personality type. Um, but it's good. Like it's been a – that's been a game changer. But I also think it's possible if there's anyone listening who has a smaller business, um, I think that's possible to do – you know, even in a less official capacity. Like I think there are always people who are keen to play that kind of role and really want to and may even be super experienced but just want to give back, you know. Mm, I think there's yeah. – it's kind of my advice is like create that list of what is the help that you need, you know, what are the questions that are coming up that you find yourself getting back into that, you know, that vortex I think of it as of just like – I don't know how to break out of this and I can't quite make a decision or or that area of my business that I can't move on. Mm. Like potentially some kind of advisor in that area um, might help you get unstuck. But you've got to be clear about who you want and then either try and find them or they may appear. Mm, or even like what you want, I think, too. I think Exactly. Really yeah, because yeah. then the who, I think, they'll kind of show up. Like I think that when we're really clear about what we want and we kind of, uh, send that out into the universe it will always present you'll meet the right person um, that you require whether it's to do with finance or growth or or any technical aspects of your business so true yeah so Fiona I'm curious what would be mm. some of your biggest points um, or pain points I should say biggest pain points mm. in business mm. if you have any uh. and then how do you work through your solution oh my god of course I have them <laughs> Um, so one, one challenge is trying to, uh, trying to manage the kind of ambitions of where we want to grow with, you know, the actual pace that it can happen. So uh, what am I actually saying is, 
in the in the work that we do, you know, there's a finite amount of people with this particular skill and with this talent. So when people come along, your impulse is like, I want them, I want them, I want them. But of course, you need the, the you know, you need the flow to be able to kind of have that team. So it's trying to balance those aspirations for growth and and being able to get the right people in the team and the right mix at that sort of time. And I think that's that's the nature of the kind of work that we do, which is, you know, big sort of project work um, is always going to be that. I think probably the big consultancies have combated that quite well, but at our sort of stage of growth, that's something that we're definitely coming up against a lot. So how do I combat that? Um, that's where uh, one trying to kind of sometimes just shut your eyes and jump (laughs) in some cases and that's worked for us touch wood so far um I think it's you know it's the people are absolutely everything in what we do and having people that your clients love and that know what they're talking about and that you can really trust is is essential so um, when those people come along we want them to join so that's been something um the pain points as well are kind of, you know, managing your own levels of stress. Um, I find the the excitement of it, you know, can be like we just sort of talked about it before. You can kind of get caught up in let's do this and let's do this and let's do this and then sometimes you've maybe bitten off a little bit too much and, um it can be overwhelming, so I think like ways of ways of tackling that are to try and just come back to one having those goals, but also um, something we're working on at the moment is just getting really clear on that vision. Like, where are we really trying to go, and is this thing over here that looks kind of tempting really going to help us get to that place? So that's kind of I guess a subset of that is making good decisions. Um, and knowing that you're making good decisions, not the right decisions, because I'm not sure. It takes sometimes a long time to know mm. whether you've made the right decision yep. <laughs> because that can play out in a lot of different ways, but just trying to make good decisions based on the information that you've got in front of you and then not wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning um, with some kind of new insight that... <laughs> Maybe yeah. makes you think you haven't made the right decision. Yeah, and I think like you going back to what you were saying, people is everything and getting the yeah. right people and you don't know that until you're starting a journey with them. You're going down that path mm-hmm. and you're whether you realise they are the right fit or the not the right fit. And I think that and, and it's all about passion as well, whether they're uh, aligned to your vision. And I think yeah. that this is one thing too, we get sidetracked from our vision, including myself. You have this vision, this big audacious vision, and sometimes Mm-mm. you have people that come into your team that come up with these amazing ideas that take you off track. Um, yes. And then you go, oh, this sounds like a great idea. Maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll go down this path and see where this takes me. And, and actually then you find yourself really scattered and spread out and wonder why we can't get to our vision that we started with. Yeah, And for so me, true. I don't know how you do it, but I like to have a vision board at the start of every year and I yep. stick to three things. And then every time I have these big shiny uh, ideas that you know come to fruition or team members that come up with I look at my vision board and say is it aligned with what you've got on there Catherine and if it's not park it maybe talk about it next year yeah so good I yeah. think that's so good oh, you just reminded me I haven't done a personal vision board for this year do need to get that done but we have like our um, we're redoing our company vision at the moment and we've just done a kind of there's a whole strategy refresh thing happening as well but um, it's so important. Mm. I, I don't think you can run. I mean, I don't think you can actually grow a business without doing that. No, I'm right. sure. I'm sure people do, but I think it would hurt. I think it'd be quite painful. Yeah, and um, I, yeah, and I wonder how many people actually do a vision, like really do. I mean, yes, they have a vision and a mission, uh, mm. but do they actually have um? Like a create a visual vision board, yes. uh, which when yeah. we know when you think about the unconscious mind, it speaks the language yeah, of so pictures, true. right? Not, yeah. not words. So it's it's like it's it really well for me. I'm not saying yeah. it, it helps me keep me on track with where I'm going. Yeah. Oh, you'll have to help me do one. That sounds mm. really good. I'd love yeah. to. Love to. Yeah. 
Something um, just on that pain point, so yeah. just to say I had like a bit of a, um, uh, you, know, you know, when you sometimes have a mantra for the year, sort of something that's going to be my one thing and my thing for this year was not to look at those really big challenges that come, you know, as the as pains or um, or not try and feel them so much and just keep on saying to myself that, you know, everything that happens this year is a lesson that I need to learn. Everything that happens will just get us closer to where we need to get to because I just find like it's there's no the the level of like challenge or pain or whatever it is in business has not lessened at all. It's just it's the kind of the quality I guess of and I I can't I'm not going to credit the person correctly because I can't actually remember where I heard this but it might even be a Buffett thing but it's just you know, as you get more successful, the quality of your problems just gets a little bit bigger and better, I suppose. So it's like there's still going to be a lot of stuff going on and a lot of shit going wrong. But, you know, if that if you can't enjoy it at the same time, then you're never going to. Like there's no not going to be this time in the future where you're going to grow to this amount and then, you know, everything's going to go away. That's never going to happen. It's mm. probably going to get more severe and there's going to be more stuff. So it's actually just... You have to change the way that you look at it. So that's what I'm working on personally this year. I love it. And it's so true. It's the meaning you give everything because if you if you look at what you were saying with your mantra, everything, absolutely everything happens for us, not to us. Mm. And when we talk about pain points, you know, some um, women that we've had on the show will either outsource their pain points as a way mm. to find a solution uh, or they talk about once upon a once upon a time, this was a pain point uh, or an obstacle, uh, but, you know, I, this is how I moved forward and is no longer a, a pain point. Uh, if anything, mm. now is one of my strengths. So, That's cool. You know, in the moment. They yeah. Do that in, yeah, okay. So it's like putting it in the past before it's actually in the past and then that helps you find the solution. So. Well, they lean into it. Yeah. They lean into the yeah, pain because nice. and it's, it's, it, it, their way is the obstacle has showed them forward. Yeah, cool. Mm. So good. That's the yeah. obstacle is the way stuff as well. I love that book. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, Fiona, the other thing that we always love to ask our woman of of inspiration is mm-hmm. if you had to pick one word that best describes your personal brand, talk about brand, uh, what would it be? Oh, um, I want to say relentless. Maybe. Why not? I don't think we've ever had just anyone use that word, actually. And just after no, hearing kind of relentless, I love it. No. Um, I, I've got, I yeah. had words like persistence, perseverance, determination, yeah. grit. Yeah, yes. Yeah. A powerhouse. We'll go with relentless. That's I how, yeah. Love it. It's feeling in this upswing anyway, but yeah, yeah all love good. It. <laughs> and the other thing we love to ask a woman of inspiration uh, as we end the show is mm-hmm. what are three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners today? So they could be like three practical exercises for our audience today. Absolutely. Um, one of those is a game changer for me and I'm, I'm no doubt quite a few of your listeners are probably already doing this, but um, – I started the morning pages by Julia Cameron about 10 years ago. It's actually how I came up with the idea for the business in a set of those morning pages. So um, if you're not journaling already, morning pages will change your life. Um, Another one is to find your hour of power. So whether that is, you know, a time where you can get up a little bit earlier or it's just carving out that time of absolute solitude, I think, in all of our crazy, crazy, busy lives um again something that you know where i saw some really profound change in my life both personally but also um professionally was where i started the discipline of having at least an hour of a day an hour a day um just to really focus on getting really good at whatever it is that I'm focused on at that time. So whether it's, you know, doing some writing or sometimes it might be um, swatting up on some kind of uh, expertise. So I think find that hour of power, um, yeah, and stick to it because it will change everything that you do. Um, And then 
the final is probably comes back to something that we spoke about before and I would say that um, get get those key people around you, get that really clear support network, get rid of the ones that aren't necessarily working for you, um, find those people and uh, use them well um, because uh, every single successful person I think I've ever studied or admired or anything has that um, has that really tight circle and, and they use them well. So that would be my third nugget. Mm, I love that. So, Fiona, where is the best place for our listeners to find you? Uh, they can find us over at naked-ambition.com.au where you'll find out um, a bit more about the work that we do. Um, and there's also the Naked Innovation podcast with a few episodes of a series we um, set up a little while ago and that's coming back in 2020 as well. So there's a new series coming out in about two months where we talk to uh, people who are doing this kind of large-scale innovation within um, enterprise, within organisations, so they can mm. find us there too. Beautiful. And please connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to kind of have a chat or if you've got a question about anything you've heard, um, more than happy to, yeah, to chat. Mm, well, Fiona, I can't thank you enough for sharing your wealth of wisdom, your time, your energy, and I'm sure our listeners will reach out to you. Thank you so, so very much. Thanks for having me. Such a beautiful show. Um, yeah. And, yeah, hi to everyone out there. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Catherine. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please share the show with your friends to help us make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes or please subscribe to the show. The more subscribers, the better the speakers for the show, which then means more value for you so that together we can help the world become a better place. Don't give it another thought. Hit the subscribe button and help people get their weekly lessons. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplanner.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Until next week, wishing you a fabulous day.